Praise the Lord, it's chat time. Praise, praise the, the Lord. Lord, it's chat time again. Yes, praise the Lord, it's chat time once again. Now this week, we will continue to discuss current events and scriptures. Praise the Lord. So I want to, um, you know, we have this little segment where we say, did you ever wonder where this phrase or saying came from? And, um, and then I'm, after we do that, I want to follow through with some things that I've been thinking about. So, um, I know everybody's heard of this phrase, can a leopard change its spots? You know, people say that like sarcastically when they're having a conversation. It, you know, when you ask them a question, it's like, well, it's, it's a rhetorical question. Can a leopard change its spots? And don't you wonder where that came from? Well, you're right. It came from the Bible. Jeremiah chapter 13, verse 23. Can the Ethiopian change his skin, or the leopard his spots? Then may ye also do good that are accustomed to do evil. So who knew? That's where, you, that's where it came from. But then I was just thinking about some things, and one of the things uh, was about Noah building the ark. And I'm thinking, he, I don't know if, he ever really knew what a boat looked like. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I don't think he was ever No around. one did. Uh, I, there was I no boat. Yeah. Nobody ever built a boat. There was no concept so, of rain. I, I, I'm <laughs> thinking he, he, it was strictly from um, the Lord telling him how to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, so then, you know, you look at boats now or ships or even a, a ship of that magnitude you know, it's got anchors and rudders and steering wheels and and all. You know, you you guide it and. But I don't see anywhere in the Bible that it said that the Lord told him to put in a steering wheel or a rudder or a rudder, right? Or an anchor or an anchor. You know, I can imagine. So when when so he built the ark, and I can imagine. What happened? Like when the water all dried up, it just settled on something. But I don't think that it just the sat Lord, there quietly. The Lord guided where the boat should go. I know, but it probably went. You know, it, it, might, it probably was like it, might it was have, a big noise, or a, you know, they probably were rocking in the in the it, ark, and it could have been. But evidently, it wasn't anything that caused an alarm because the Lord never said that they were in um, any type of discomfort or any type of fear. Hmm. You know, so evidently they just rode it out. 
Yeah, God was the rotor. God was the anchor. Yeah. God was all of it. Yeah. I guess that's where the gospel song came from. My soul is anchored in the Lord. <laughs> right. Yeah, but I was just thinking, and I don't know if anybody else thought about that before or not, but it was just like... No, I never thought about it, not uh, having an anchor or not having a rudder or having a helm to steer the ship. And it never occurred to me that they didn't even know what a boat looked like. No, that had occurred to me. They they didn't even know. No, it had... They didn't didn't know what he was building. That's why they mocked him. It was like, what in the world are you doing? (laughs) So, So there's this other thing I was thinking about, and it's in Luke chapter 17. And maybe you could read it, starting at uh, verse 11 through 19. Okay, Luke 17, starting at the 11th verse. And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lift up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, Have mercy upon us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Okay, so, Mm -hmm. you know, I've always read that before. And I've always, uh, I guess, focused on the fact that the one that came back to thank the Lord and glorify God was made totally whole. Mm -hmm. You know, the others probably were healed of leprosy, but, you know, if they had a digit missing or, you know, a toe missing, a finger, whatever, that wasn't, they weren't made whole. But lately, what I'm wondering, what stood out to me is that the one that came back to thank the Lord was a Samaritan. Mm-hmm. So my question is, was it just one Samaritan with nine Jewish mm-hmm. people? You know, can, can you assume that, that the others were Jewish and there was only, and I know that there, it's like oil and water with Jews and Samaritans, but I, considering that they are all lepers and in a leper colony, you have no choice but to, you know, uh, right. clean and unclean and, you know, you're just thrown together because of your disease. Right. So is it safe to assume that the nine that did not come back to thank the Lord were Jewish? Well, even if, yeah, well, even if they all nine weren't Jewish, there was, they had to be Jewish people among the nine because he said the only one that came back was a stranger which would give which you which was a and named him a Samaritan right which would, which would give you the knowledge to know then that there had been Jewish people among them that could have come back to thank him and so I was thinking about that you know uh, that to me um I don't know before the Lord died 
he, he was healing Gentiles. As well, right, like the Canaanite woman who said, because of her faith, you know, when he said, we don't give uh, the meat to the dogs, and she said, yeah, but the dogs eat the crumbs. Right, but even they get the crumbs. <laughs> and, and your crumbs are enough to heal my child. Right. And he so, said he hadn't found greater faith. But anyway, I was, I mean, all of a sudden you read something and then something stands out to you. Like right. it never occurred to me that there could have been other Jewish people in that 10 that were healed, mm -hmm. but never went back to thank God. Only the Samaritan did. I don't know. Right. Maybe right. And other it, people don't find it yeah. unusual, but I, I mean, it, it's something that... You would, you would think that the, the, the children of light would have understood to come back and give them thanks. And, and it reminds me of the five uh, wise and the five foolish. Like the five foolish were clean, but they weren't whole. And the five wise were whole. You're talking about with the oil yes, lamps because they waiting had, for the bridegroom? Right, because they had the oil. They were whole. Not only were they clean, they were whole. Whereas the five foolish, they were clean, but and they then, weren't and, whole. And so you say they were whole because they had the oil? Yes. And the oil represents the Holy Spirit? Right. They were complete in the Lord. Whereas they were clean, but they weren't complete in God. That's why when, when, when you see people and they tell you I'm a good person or they well, wait, have... Uh, that's another topic. That's <laughs> I'm going to get to that a little bit later. Okay. But anyway, so those are just things I was just thinking about, some little revelations that came to me. And then, you know, the other thing I want to start to do is um, talk about the meaning of numbers. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, maybe we can start talking about maybe just the number one. You know, so okay. the meaning of the number one. And um, I guess what it represents is unity. Or completeness. Yeah, because the number one is uh, complete and entire within itself. There's nothing else really to compare it to, which is why number one and number ten to me are so closely related because one plus zero equals one. And the Lord used... One and ten to represent. There's only one God. <clears throat> right. I mean, it could represent that there's only one God. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One way. One way, one <laughs> truth. <laughs> See, because the Lord, there is no gray area when it comes to salvation. There is no. And when people try to say yours isn't the only religion, I, I, I try to get people to think outside of religion. Don't think in terms of religion. Think in terms of truth. There's only one truth. I don't care where you are. If you start seeking the truth, I don't care what religion you are connected to. You start seeking the truth, it's going to lead you to Jesus. I don't care where you are. I don't care who you serve if you're not serving the Lord. If you decide, now I'm going to seek the truth, I want an answer, it's going to lead you to Jesus. It's going to lead you to God. So... Um the other thing I was thinking about is that the shortest of the 10 shortest books, <clears throat> um, there are one, two, three, four, five books with only one chapter. Okay. And that's Second John, Third John, Philemon, Jude, and Obadiah. Mm -hmm. 
So there are words that show up only one time in the King James Version translation, and that includes reverence. And you can only find that in Psalm 111.9. Grandmother in 2 Timothy 1.5. Eternity. There's only one word in the Bible. Isaiah, only one time that is mentioned within the scriptures. Right. 50, right. Isaiah 57.15. Mm-hmm. And then there are other words such as forgetfulness you can find in Psalm 88.12 and lukewarm Mm -hmm. in Revelation 3.16. So I don't know, I just found that kind of interesting. In this article that I found, it tells other things. It says between the birth and the beginning of his ministry at age 30, The scriptures record only one sentence that Christ spoke. He spoke it at the age of 12 after he and his parents kept the Passover in Jerusalem. And they missed him. (laughs) When asked why his parents could not find him after the feast, he said, didn't you know that I had to be about about my father's business? Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And after that, he was subject unto them. What was Jesus' very first public message? Did he chastise the religious leaders for his day for hypocrisy? Did he rail against sin? Did he correct the people for disobeying God? Did he promise torture for all eternity to sinners? You know, like you hear some people say. No, Jesus' first sermon had nothing to do with these subjects. He began the public part of his ministry with a reading of verses 1 and 2 of Isaiah chapter 61, which he proclaimed a jubilee message of hope for a brighter future. Mm-hmm. He came so that people could have hope. Right. Jesus is called the firstborn of every creature. Mm-hmm. The first begotten. And the firstborn, not only of the dead, but also of many brethren. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he is also called the first of the first fruits meaning that he is the one of many to be resurrect, resurrected to eternal life. He is life. the first to be. Christ referred to himself as the first, or Alpha. Mm-hmm. And Omega. Several times in the book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. The apostle Peter tells us bluntly that it is through the one name of Jesus Christ and him alone that a person can receive salvation and live forever. There is no other name in all creation, in spite of the sincerity of countless billions who believe in the path, other paths to salvation. Right. Eternal so, life and so on. Right, but if you're truly seeking, say for instance, you've got a thousand paths out there, and everybody on, that, on those paths, all 1,000 are saying, I want to know the truth, I want to know the truth. They start seeking the truth, you'll find that they'll end up leaving the path that they're on to uh, get to the path that leads to truth. It doesn't matter whether you are an atheist and you say, I want to know the truth. And as you start seeking the truth, you'll find yourself on the path and it will lead you to Jesus. Whether you are uh, a a Wiccan, it won't matter. When you start seeking the truth, it's going to lead you on a path that's going to take you directly to Jesus. There is but one truth, and that truth is love. When, when you, like Pilate said, what is truth? 
the reason why a lot of people, I believe, are confused, they don't know what truth is. They have no understanding of what truth is. And so the Lord has to lead you to the truth, show you what truth is, and then you have to accept him. Well, in, interesting. So um, we're going to go on with some other questions. And one of the questions that somebody sent me is, why are there so many religions? Because iniquity. Because man goes in his own way. Iniquity. God has not taken out of man that desire for, uh, the, that spiritual desire to, to know things that go beyond the physical, the, the natural. He has not taken that from man, but the Lord says, but, and nor has he taken man's imagination. He hasn't taken that either. So when the iniquity sets in, the Lord says man's imagination becomes evil. Well, Romans chapter 1, verses 19 and 21, according to the answer in this article, says that it contains a biblical explanation for why there are so many religions. Romans 1, 19 through 21 reads, Because that which many be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it unto them, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even eternal power and Godhead, so that uh, they are without excuse. But that's that, well. That, I guess that doesn't say why there are so many religions. It says the truth about God is known by every human. Well, I don't know if the truth is known because by God every, made it so. No, God made it so that people could recognize the truth if they weren't deceiving themselves. The the truth of who God is. He's never taken away from man the his imagination. His his acknowledgement that there's more to himself than just the physical. That hasn't been taken, but there are people, but you find people who have no truth within themselves concerning that God is. That's why you have atheists. You have people who stoutly believe that there is no God, that there, that, that, that there are what we consider to be religion. There are people out there who believe that everything that you have is right here on this earth, and when you die, that's it. There is no afterlife. There is no heaven. But don't you think it's because that instead of accepting the truth about God and submitting to the truth, they, they just go ahead and reject it. I think that's what it is. They know about I, it. They know I, of it. I believe. I don't know if they know of it because they've deceived themselves. So when the, when the Lord presents them with the truth. Like well, they go saying, in their own way. They go, they go in the way of iniquity. They go in their own way to have, get an understanding, their own understanding of God. Right, or their own understanding that, God. There, that there is no God and they make themselves God. I, I, I feel like, but they have within themselves, like, okay, maybe it's just uh, uh, splitting hairs, but it's like they know within themselves that there's something greater. That they know. Right, I do believe that. Right. I believe the Lord instilled inside of every person that there is 
Something. Something that they need to worship. Right. Someone they need to worship. Right. And so instead of seeking after the truth, they go in their own way, and then they yeah, come is, up with their own religions. Right, which is, which is what iniquity is. If you want to know what iniquity is, it's, it's when you, you take your heart and you turn from the Lord, and you go in your own way. So I think that's the basis of different religions. So right. now, you've got the Mormon faith, the Jehovah Witnesses, the... Based on lies. I mean, I mean, I, I can't even name all of them. Right. And, and then it, you got the because they Muslim deny, religion and the they deny the Lord. They they actually they because they're going in their own way and they won't accept the truth. Any truth uh, uh, that that they deny, they have to accept the lie. For every truth that they but deny, they accept the something. lie. Yeah, they actually commit worship, uh, become loyal. Adore, offer sacrifices. That's what they did with the Lord. They took how he taught them to do the meat offerings, peace offerings, trespass offerings, sin offerings. He taught them all these things. And they went and used those same rituals to serve idol gods. Well, that doesn't mean that because they come up with a different religion, that doesn't deny the existence of God, the one true God. No, no it doesn't change anything because God is God. It, they deny his existence within themselves. So for, them, for themselves, he doesn't all that, exist. All that proves is that they reject God. Right. And there's like umpteen different religions to, oh, to yeah. prove that, they're, that there is no that God they're or God. that their God isn't, is, isn't the truth. So what they're doing, what they're doing, I guess, is recreating God in their own image. Yes, which is, Lord said, is exactly what they've been doing. And if they would seek the truth, they would know that God is a spirit. And he's not like unto man-made things. So do all, do all religions lead to God? No. No. You have to seek what leads to God is seeking the truth. You have and, to want to know what the truth is. And they're all going to end up standing before the Lord on Judgment Day. Right, because one person said, well, he doesn't believe. He said, what if people go before the Lord on Judgment Day, and then they realize they were wrong and repent? I said, they won't repent. And he said, well, how do you know? I said, because, I said, I can prove it to you. When the Lord said, I was hungry, you didn't feed me. I said, what did they tell the Lord? When? They didn't, here they're standing before God Almighty. Their eternal soul is being decided. And instead of saying, and God himself has said, you didn't feed me. They don't humble themselves before God and say, Lord, I'm so sorry. They say to God himself, when? <laughs> when did we do this? So, you know, you, no one comes to the Father except through the Son. Right. Because and the Son is true. And it does make a difference what you believe. Yes, you know, because you can believe a lie and deceive yourself. So you can make a decision to embrace the truth about Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. You can make that decision or you can reject it. Right. Now, if you reject it, then you're you know, going to believe a lie. You're, you're going to believe a lie, but you're not going to be saved. Because you won't believe it. But the part that gets me is that where are you going to spend your eternity? In hell. And eternity is a Lake very long time right. to be wrong. And, and hell and lake of fire is really the wrath of God. You are separated from the Lord and you are encased in his wrath. 
Anyway, I enjoyed doing this program this week, and we'll have to continue next week with some of these other questions. Like, um, you know, if you're good, a lot of people say that. If you're good, if you're nice, I don't kill, I don't hurt anybody, am I going to go to heaven? You know, so think about that for next week. Yes, praise the Lord, and let everything that have breath praise the Lord. This, the verse of this week comes from Proverbs 10 and 3. The Lord will not suffer the soul of the righteous to famish, but he casteth away the substance of the wicked. Now, ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, what is the corn, C-O-R-N, what is the corn of heaven? And the answer is, Manna. And that answer can be found in Psalm 78, verse 24, which reads, And had rained down manna upon them to eat, and had given them of the corn of heaven. This week's food for thought is, What were the six foods the Israelites remember eating in Egypt, Egypt, that they did not have in the wilderness. Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought.